Good morning and welcome to Ask the Expert. Ask the Expert is an award-winning daily series from 8.30 to 9am to help small businesses and thank you for having me back. If you've got any questions, ask them in the comments of the live feed and if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. During the live session, we're going to be running a poll, so please do engage with it and I'll reveal the results at the end. So, let me start off with just an introduction to who I am, and then I'm going to give you a brief outline of what I think PR is, how I would explain it, how I think you can do effective PR. But really today, I wanted to give you the opportunity to just ask me anything, anything you've ever wanted to know about PR and more, and I'll do my best to answer it. So keep the questions coming in, and then once I've sort of finished doing a brief introduction, we'll get straight onto them, and I hope you find it interesting and useful. So... Who am I? I'm Andrew Block. Um, I've been in the PR world for 25 years, so hopefully I know what I'm talking about when it comes to PR. If I don't, then we're all in trouble. Um, in terms of my background, I started off um, at an agency called Lynn Franks. It was the agency that Absolutely Fabulous was based on, pretty crazy, wild place to be starting my career in. Um, I stayed there for five years um, before setting up my own agency, Frank, which I co-founded. Um, Frank has grown and it went on to become and still is one of the most respected PR agencies in the UK and working for all sorts of clients, big, big global names, as well as smaller entrepreneurial startups. And about this time last year, 20 or so years in, I decided that the time was right for me to go off and, and do my own thing. So I stepped back from Frank and I moved into a non-executive director position, which basically means I don't really do the day-to-day -day stuff anymore, the staff, the, the client liaison, um, just really involved at a board level. And I set up my own consultancy. And the reason why I did that was really just for a bit of a change when you work in PR, you're constantly seeing different businesses, different opportunities, and being in a full-time job for me meant that I either wasn't allowed to do them because I was in a full-time contract or I just didn't have the mental capacity to get involved. So now I'm fortunate enough to be involved with lots of different businesses. And what I do sort of falls into a few different sections. So I sit as a non-exec director or a board advisor to various different businesses, lots of startups, high growth businesses um, across all sorts of areas, tech, esports, gaming, food and drink. Um, I run a consultancy practice where I help other agencies with their growth, how they can build, how they can build their profile, how they can win new business. And for clients, I work with clients to help them sort out their marketing mix. So when they're trying to figure out how best to do their PR, their advertising, their direct marketing, their performance marketing, I help them find a solution, whether that's putting the right agencies in place for them or whether it's working for them directly. Um, I'm also involved in the M&A world, so buying and selling agencies. And I think for most agency owners, the dream is to create something that builds enough value that you can sell it and release that. So I, I help agencies find the right people to buy them. And on the flip side, I help the big holding groups, the management consultancies, find strategic acquisitions that they can buy to help them build their portfolio of agencies within their empires. Um, and then the final bit is, 
is, I guess, the purpose bit and the giving back. And I sit on the business launch group panel for the Prince's Trust. Um, I work with Big Community Records, which is a record label to try and help young black people get a break in the music industry. Um, I've just been working and still am working on a campaign for St Paul's Cathedral to help them build a national memorial um, for the victims of COVID. And then I help mentor at places like the School of Marketing and their Gen Z program, which is all about getting young people into the industry. Um, and also the School of Communication Arts, which um, is the most awarded ad school in the world. So that's me, um, as you can see, sort of like to keep myself busy. So what is PR? Let's move on to the important bit. It's, it's a really, really difficult thing to explain. And you might find it odd that, 25 years into a career I still sort of stumble and when I was doing this talk I even found myself sort of googling what is PR which is crazy but the reason why it's hard to define is because it's so many things and it's so broad but if we're going to kind of keep it simple really PR is about managing the reputation of a brand a product or service so depending on what they want to achieve whether that be awareness whether that be a change of perception whether it be driving sales, um, making people think favorably. That's what PR is all about. And there's lots of different sections of PR. So the bit that I specialize in is primarily consumer PR, but also the corporate side, or to use a sort of horrible word, corpshumer, which is that blend of corporate and consumer and recognizing the importance of people and how they buy into brands and products and services. And for them, the reputation of a company, how they conduct themselves, the profile of their CEOs is almost as important as the product they're selling or the service they're, they're offering. So, But then there's other sections, specialist areas, financial PR, healthcare PR, you name it, there's, there's different sections of PR. Um, and the reason why it becomes even more complicated is, I guess, Traditionally, PR has always been seen about to be about media relations. So how do you use the media to get your message to your audience? But with the advent of technology, and in particular social media, it's given consumers a direct route into a company or even the CEO or the staff within a company. It's given companies a direct route out to reach their consumers and interact. So now, in some ways, you can bypass the media and you can go direct and create your own communication. And PR has traditionally always been seen about earned media. Um, so basically not paying for the communication that you're doing. So unlike advertising where you're paying for the space and you're telling people what you want to say, PR is going through a third party to get that message across, which often has more value because it's credible, it's independent. And um, it just, for a consumer, carries more weight. But now with PR, the paid element comes in. So whether that's paying an influencer, whether it's creating something that requires a paid-for spend behind it, that, that's where the boundaries have sort of gone a little bit. For me, and effective PR, it's actually... The first thing is it has to cut through, has to make a difference. You have to get people to stand up and take notice of what you're doing. Um, at Frank, we call that talkability, the buzz that takes over and does your best PR for you. 
So how do you come up with a concept that has talkability within it? Well, you have to be disruptive. You have to think differently. You have to play around with different triggers to help you come up with something that's going to get stand out, that's going to get you noticed. Um, and for me, the most effective PR will always do that. But ultimately, probably one of the questions I get asked most frequently is, should I do PR? And when I'm trying to figure that out, the first thing I will always think about is, is it going to make a difference to your business? And quite simply put, if PR doesn't make a difference to your business, if it's not going to change the perception, if it's not going to drive sales, if it's not going to drive traffic to your website, then don't do it. Ultimately, all PR should have a business impact. And good PR will be able to measure that impact, measure it really, really effectively so you can see what's working and what's not. And that allows you to create a campaign that has no wastage, that is effective, that has an impact on the bottom line and ultimately pays for itself and more. So that is sort of a whistle-stop tour of what is PR. And, you know, quite honestly, I could spend hours and hours talking about it, um, but I've only got these sort of 10 minutes. So what I was hoping is to go to the questions, to start answering them, and then hopefully within the questions, it will allow me to get into some specifics that may be relevant or more relevant to you and the type of things you want to know. So without further ado, I'm going to go to the questions. So I haven't seen these questions before. I've got no idea what you're going to ask. I'll do my absolute best to answer them. Um, so here we go. And if you haven't sent a question yet, please start sending them in. So first question has come via Dan on Instagram direct message. The pandemic and lockdowns have probably been the biggest disruption to all businesses in the last 50 years. How do you think it's changed PR and comms? Are these changes for better or worse? It's a great question, Dan. And, you know, obviously no one's ever dealt with this nature of disruption before. So we're all learning. I think ultimately, depending on what business you're in, it's impacted you for better or for worse. And in some instances, there's not much you can do about it. If you're unfortunate enough to be in an industry like the events industry, the hospitality industry, you know, yes, you've done your best to adapt, but you're within the limitations of what's possible. For other businesses, online businesses, they've, they've actually benefited from it, food delivery, those kind of industries. What it's forced people to do is really think about how they're doing their marketing. And if I was to take a positive out of the pandemic, which I would, would always like to do because I'm a hot glass half full type of person, I think it's forced people to make pretty difficult decisions, perhaps that they would never have made, definitely quicker than they would have ever made. Um, and for in many instances, that's, that's been a really, really positive thing. So whether it's sort of looking internally within organizations about what they do, how they staff up, how they manage their workforce, what the people are doing within that workforce, they've had to look at their structures and their ways of operation. For, for brands, for businesses, they've had to adapt and they've had to make the best of a very, very difficult situation in lots of instances. So change can be a good thing. And I always sort of have hoped throughout the last year that when things do get back to normal, and I know they're starting to get back to normal, what will happen is that businesses will take the learnings and the positives that they've got from the last year and keep them going forward. I think it would just be a real shame if we went back to the old ways of 
doing things how we did it before. And I, and I hope we don't. And I think we're already starting to see that in terms of the way that workplaces are organized and the way that events are happening and so on and so forth. So in terms of PR and comms, we've had to be very adaptable. It's been a critical part of, of most organizations because they're having to communicate things to their audience that they've never had to communicate before. I think it's encouraged openness, honesty, trust. Um, so PR is, you know, a lot of PR in some ways has, has benefited from this because people need guidance more so than ever. They need someone to hold their hand and tell them how to get through through things. Okay, next question, Aidan on Facebook Messenger. I run an outdoor adventure and events business, and we've been hit quite hard over the last year. Now things are opening up, there's a real opportunity for us. What sort of messaging should we be putting into our external comms and where we focus, where should we focus on our with our budget? So thanks, Aidan. I mean, I guess that sort of feeds quite nicely into the last question. I think for me, when when I look, you know, even as a consumer at the world opening up, there's still a lot of confusion about what you can do, what you can't do. Different people have different attitudes. I think at this stage, what is really important is to continue messaging people and give them reassurance and trust in what you're doing. So you need to be showing them that your adventure, your place of your outdoor adventure is, is safe, the measures that you've taken, talk to them about any sort of social distancing, number limitations, and also to share the excitement. I think, you know, what we've seen in the last few weeks in terms of the mood of the nation is a real, you know, a lift in the mood of the nation in terms of being able to get out and do stuff. So, you know, for me to be able to do something like go on an outdoor adventure or take part in an event is like we're in that novelty phase. So I think there's a real opportunity to capture that. Um in terms of where you should focus your budget, it's probably a more complicated question. But to simplify it, just try and focus it on the areas that you think are going to have the biggest impact. So if there's repeat customers and you know you have a sort of level of repeat customers, focus on reaching those people, the people that are the lowest hanging fruit in terms of coming back. Don't go too big too soon. Match your marketing and your PR budget to the speed that your income is going to come back in at. And as you're building your revenues again and your EBITs increasing, then sort of increase your budget proportionally. But I think now is a great time to be part of building your brand around the optimism of being able to do these things for the first time in over a year. So an exciting time to be doing comms. Christy on Instagram DMs. When things go wrong or you're getting bad press, it can be very damaging, especially for small businesses. What are the main things to get right when dealing with a PR crisis, particularly if budgets are tight? Um, For me, it's not a budget thing. Um, Obviously, bad press can be damaging, and the key is to address it in the most open and honest way that you can. So I don't know your business. I don't know what level of crisis, what level of bad press is. If it's something very serious and there's a reputational issue, you have to come forward, you have to find your spokesperson, whether that's the CEO of the company or whoever it might be, and you have to address the issues and explain how you're doing that. When the negative press is online, and if I was to go online and Google your business and I'm seeing loads of negative reviews, 
negative things, what you need to do is start countering that with positive news and using SEO and PR to drive that SEO down the rankings and ultimately get it off the first page. So a lot of PR is about building positive search engine optimization. So quite simply, by getting positive press on good things, the negative stuff just goes down and eventually goes out of sight. Um, but as I say, it's not necessarily a budget sign, probably a time thing. Um, and it does take time and resource to deal with it. But deal with it quickly. Deal with it honestly. If you've made a mistake, own up. If someone's complained about something, deal with it quickly, effectively, um, and then just sort of move on. Nair me on Facebook Messenger. We've never had the resources to hire in-house marketing or comms people. I've mostly done it on the fly myself. I've always had trouble building out a concise and consistent brand message and story. What would be your advice for getting this right? I think the key to this is trying to figure out what's interesting. Sometimes when you're in-house, you're very close to your brand. You want to say everything. There's, there's so much you're excited about. And I've had so many briefs over the years. You know, we've changed the packaging of our product from light green to dark green. The fonts changed with 10 millimeters bigger. It's not interesting to consumers. You've got to find that USP, the thing that's going to make you stand out. Might be a product message, might be a part of your brand story, but don't try and say everything at once. Just find the one or two things that make you stand out as a brand, as a product, as a service, and focus on that. I think the biggest mistake I see when I interact with clients is they try and say everything. And really, you can't. If you say too much, your message is going to get lost. So bear in mind the attention span of consumers, the attention span of the media that you need to sort of sometimes go through to reach those consumers. And, and try and just cut through, find that interesting thing. But also, you know, think about how you can be disruptive. Think about how you can break the conventions of the traditional way things are being done. Think about the imagery you use and how that imagery can be impactful. Think about what people are talking about anyway and how can you insert your brand into their story. So rather than sort of standing there shouting from the sidelines and no one's really listening because they're busy doing what they're doing, how can you be a part of that story? So I don't know, if you're a travel brand, how can you insert yourself into the, the reams of media coverage at the moment in terms of places that are opening and where you can go, where you can't go? You know, if you're a food brand, what's your messaging in terms of sugar and health? What's your purpose and, and how can you interact with, I don't know, World Earth Day or whatever it might be? There's always things that the media are talking about, either calendar occasions or natural news events. And if you can get into those stories and make yourself relevant as part of them, it's often much easier to try and commandeer the news agenda as opposed to create your own agenda. Okay, so moving on. Steph on Twitter DMs. A lot of PR gets a bit same-samey, so it can be hard to really stand out from the crowd. How do you borrow inspiration from elsewhere to make it your own? I mean, what a brilliant question. I mean, it, it does touch on what I was just saying in terms of standing out. In terms of sort of inspiration from elsewhere, I, I find one of the most 
effective techniques is to look at other industries and how they do stuff. So, you know, if you're, I don't know, use the example of, if you're a car brand, you know, there is a way that car PR is done. If you look at car marketing, car PR, it's generally very, very samey. How about if you then look at a different industry, the food industry, the beauty industry, and look at some of the ways they do things and see if you can adapt those principles into the industry that you're working in. And that can often be really, really effective. Um, and that's sometimes how I do it. Um, but obviously, inspiration can come from anywhere. Um, but saying the same thing as everyone else is not going to work. So you do have to go out there and look at other areas for inspiration. Clay on Facebook Messenger. I've noticed a trend in marketing where companies try to pick something divisive to create a reactionary response. When it works, it pays off massively, but isn't it also risky? What are the main things to consider of taking this approach? I mean, yes, there is a trend. I mean, it's always been an effective way of marketing is to create a debate, create some form of controversy. I think whenever you're doing anything that has an element of risk involved, the key thing is to talk through and think through those risks and go through scenario planning of what is the worst thing that can happen. Um, and you need to plan all those stages. So, you know, I've worked, been fortunate enough to work with brands like Paddy Power, for example, that, you know, lots and lots of controversy in terms of, of what they do. And we would always plan through how things would be reacted to. And, and, you know, sometimes we knew that that could lead to a fine. In some instances, we knew could actually lead to the person that was executing the stunt ending up with a criminal record. But you can also sort of counter that by looking at the upside. And if you, if you think the upside is bigger than the potential downside, that's where you have to make the decision. But don't go into it with your eyes closed. Don't do anything that's hypocritical. You know, when, when I've done, you know, at Frank working on Burger King, um, we would do a lot of stuff that was sort of going up against McDonald's and poking a bit of fun. Um, and people do like an underdog and they like that style of things, but you'd never go so far that you were really being nasty, really trying to damage their reputation. It was always done in a pretty lighthearted way, but every time we would talk through and look at the worst case scenario and sometimes you get it wrong. You know, you can't get it right every single time. And I think we're a woke generation and you can cause offence by anything. And sometimes that can make PR and comms a bit boring if you worry too much. And, you know, getting no reaction is obviously a waste of time. So I'll always encourage clients to push themselves to the point where I guess they feel comfortably uncomfortable. You don't want them to have sleepless nights about it. But if you're not feeling slightly nervous about what you're about to do, then is it worth doing it in the first place? Elaine on Instagram, you mentioned AdFab. Was the PR scene really like that then? Were there crazy antics that you witnessed and has it changed since then? Yes. I mean, it was totally mad. Um, I kind of fell into this place as a pretty naive 21-year-old, 20-year-old. First place I'd ever worked. Um, I'm not going to repeat the stories. They're not appropriate for before nine o'clock in the morning. But they, it was wild and it was amazing. And I couldn't quite believe I landed in this thing that didn't really feel like a job. And every night was different events, different parties, mixing with celebrities, pop stars, royalty. It, it was like 
as a young person, especially when all my friends were working in property or banking, it, like I couldn't believe that. I mean, yes, I was being paid a fraction of what they were earning, but it didn't really matter. I was having the time of my life. It has changed massively since then. There's still a really fun element to it. It's a great industry to be in, but it's probably grown up a bit, professionalised a little bit. I mean, what we do is the same, but the days of sort of five-hour lunches and, you know, it's a little bit of a myth. It's there, but it's it's certainly not day-to-day, which is probably just as well because I'm not sure that I could actually handle it. So, um Clay on Facebook Messenger. Oh, I've read that question. Apologies. Stella, comms can be very expensive quickly, but I know you have to spend to make money. Is there a guide on how much my company's annual budget should allocate? And then how do I measure if I'm getting valued? I mean, it's a really good question. Can be expensive. Um, I will always, and I can't really give you a figure or a percentage, but it's all about looking at the value of the PR that it's going to bring. So in terms of how do you measure it, Again, depending on your business, should measure it across three levels. You know, you start off and look at the awareness you're getting, how many people are seeing it. Fine. Okay to measure that. It's, it's a good sort of starting point. Then you want to look at engagement. Is people actually paying attention? It's fine that they've seen it, but are they engaging? Are they retweeting? Are they commenting? But most importantly, you want to get to the stage where you're measuring the impact. And is this driving traffic to my website? Is it generating clicks where I want it to generate clicks? Is it driving sales? And that you can measure. Um, There's lots of software. I'll do a very, very quick plug for something I sit on the board for, which is a business called Propel, which measures how you can take your media coverage right through using Google Analytics to look at how that coverage eventually leads to sales. There's lots of other ways as well. The key is... Work if you're working in an agency to work openly with a client so that they give you access to their data. And if the PR is working and it's generating sales, you're not going to worry about how much money you're putting in. And I work with lots of clients, particularly online businesses that are in betting, that are in gaming, that are in fashion, that just increase their budget week by week by week because they can see that what I'm doing is bringing them greater value than the money that they're putting in what you don't want to be doing is spending for no results you always have to understand what the roi is um ryan from twitter a twitter dm sorry hi andrew do you think using humor is a good way to promote your brand i see a lot of companies jumping on memes and or making them part of their campaigns does it get outdated quickly i think you know humor is one way to promote your brand it's not the only way yes there's lots of companies that sort of especially with social media and you know twitter and tiktok and instagram as i was saying a little bit earlier it's a great way to jumping onto the news agenda i don't think it's necessarily the only thing to do it's, it's obviously appropriate for some brands inappropriate for others um so i would make it part of your mix And to do that, you have to set yourself up to be quick. You know, I think we live in a world where, you know, even sort of three, four hours after an event has happened, um, it can feel outdated and tarred. And you don't want to be that sort of dad at the disco that is making unfunny jokes sort of too late. So if you're going to be funny, if you're going to be reactive, 
set yourself up in a way that you can do it quickly. And I'm afraid that is the last question. That's, I don't know if it went quickly for you, but it definitely went very, very quickly for me. So um, we've been running a poll and we asked, do you have a PR strategy for your business? Well, zero <laughs> percent of you said yes, and a hundred percent answered no. That's quite um, worrying, actually. Um, and I think you know every business should have some element of PR strategy. It doesn't mean you have to be putting massive spend behind it, appointing agencies, appointing consultants, but you should have some element of PR strategy as part of a broader marketing strategy. So. Wow, a bit sad about that. Not much else I can say. Um, so listen, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, if you have got any questions, please get in touch with the QuickBooks support team um, or you can contact me. You can find me pretty easily on any social media. My website is andrewblock.co.uk, so I'm not hard to find. Um, coming up tomorrow is Ariona, and she is a chartered certified accountant and she's the managing director of major accounts. I'm sure it'll be very, very interesting. So tune in then to learn how to grow your business using the cloud, get advice on bookkeeping, on accounting. And just a final reminder that if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. So that is all from me. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed myself. Um, and I hope to see you all again soon. Have a wonderful day.